Welcome to Vegas Circle with Paki and Chris. And today in the circle, we've got Natalie, one of the founders of Yoga Haven Las Vegas. We've also got Kaylee, a program coordinator and teacher with Yoga Haven. Today, they're actually going to talk with us about their business and how they started their nonprofit. So we're happy to have you guys on and learn from you guys. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Thank you for having us. Doing today. Yeah, thanks yes. for having us. So tell us, man, so how did you guys start practicing yoga? Like, I know both of you guys are real big into it. So how did you guys get into it? Uh, I started practicing yoga back in, I think, 2000 or so, so it's almost 20 years now. Uh, first got introduced just, you know, from friends, and I've always had a pretty hectic and stressful type of lifestyle, and so I just resonated with it, and that was my my outlet for normalcy. <laughs> so normalcy, yeah, yeah. I feel you, yeah, for you for sure. How about yourself, Kaylee? Yeah. Yeah, so I decided to try yoga for the first time when I got pregnant with my daughter, which is now 11 years ago. There you go. Um, and I did it strictly because I heard it's good for breathing, and that's how you're going to have the, the unmedicated birth that you want. I did it, had that birth, it was amazing, and then it didn't really mean anything to me, so I didn't come back to the practice until about five years later, and I came back to it because I wanted to run a half marathon, and I was like, oh yeah, it helps me breathe. And in three months of yoga and running, I ended up running a half marathon, um, the Vegas Rock and Roll one, and I decided then and there that I wanted to get certified. I grew up on the east side of Vegas, so wellness wasn't something that we heard a lot about. Um, I didn't even know what yoga was till someone had told me about it. Yeah. So for me, it was, I want to be a yoga teacher so I can give people in my community an opportunity to learn this much earlier than I had learned it. You actually said something. Did you say unmedicated birth? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's yeah. So you actually gave... I, I thought I heard you wrong. You know, you, actually, you heard me. Yeah. So you gave birth... No medicine or anything? Yeah, I had what's called an orgasmic birth, where unmedicated, uh, no interventions, Wow. add on an orgasm afterwards. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a yoga teacher, but I'm also a mental health therapist and a doula. So I've been supporting... Oh, you're a doula? I am, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been supporting birth for nine years, as long as I've been a therapist. It all ties together, wellness and advocacy and... That's probably I need to get into yoga, man. So we can get into that obviously later, but yeah. you guys know a lot about so core muscles and everything obviously relates mm-hmm. to giving birth. That's that's unbelievable. So Yeah, I did yeah. a I had a water birth as well and yoga was definitely a big factor in terms of being able to just go through it. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, almost go through a trance and a meditation yeah. through the um the contractions. Yeah. So, so you, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. I'm sorry. When you first started off, did you do it mainly for mental health or physical health when you guys were first getting into yoga? For me, it was more on mental health for sure. Mm-hmm. You gotcha. know, just kind of decompressing and, and letting it be my outlet at, at the end of the day. But, you know, there's the physical aspect of it but that's never really been my motivation with yoga and you were aware of those benefits prior to getting into it and knew that's kind of what the focus was going to be no actually i just i just tried it at at that time there were literally i think only two yoga studios here in In vegas Vegas, yeah and you know especially um, back then yeah it was wasn't mm, as many yeah yeah. sure yeah and and that was it and it was a very small circle and i came into it and it was just something that i resonated with you know you get to try different types as well and you find where your niche is and 
you know, I found Ashtanga as, as my love. So, what is, what is Ashtanga? Because I know there's there's Bikram. There's so Ashtanga is more of a of a flow yoga, and it has like the vinyasa poses, and it goes through um, the twenty three postures with the primary series. Okay. And my practice has sort of evolved into Mysore yoga, where there's no instruction. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. you okay. go through the poses, and it's your own journey yeah. of. You know, it's, it's just, it's a moving meditation. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is simpler or? Um, for me, at least, mm-hmm. I think I had to be a little bit more mature in my practice mm-hmm. oh, to okay. get into Mysore. Sure. However, I've seen people who, you know, if they just get through that, that that's their first experience, then, you know, you just go through it. But I think it's different for everyone. You know, we all okay. have, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, different areas of mm-hmm. what, what we like or what we don't like with the different styles. But, you know, it's, it's all the same. Do you practice the same also? or No. So um, when I started, it was mostly for breath work. Oh, and, intrigued to say, yeah. And so with that being said, I explored different uh, styles of yoga because I was looking for the style that I felt most comfortable. And I realized there was no diversity in the spaces I was going for yoga, which further compelled me to want to explore all the styles so that I could deliver the styles myself when I became a teacher, I really resonate with yin and hatha. Hatha has a focus on the breath, being present in the body, and with yin, it's a mental challenge. You're holding poses for three to eight minutes. Oh, wow. And so... <laughs> so I can't even stand for three to eight minutes. <laughs> right? Your mind will start to tell you, oh, itch that spot, or move out of this pose, or look at the other person. And once you get past that moment, you can sit in your body, sit in yourself without resistance without feeling like you have to be anywhere else or do anything else other than just be. And, you know, as a therapist, I I love to be mentally stimulated. And, you know, I can practice calming myself outside of the the yoga practice, but for me, it's how do I engage myself? How do I stay present and and excited about it? That's pretty cool. Do you guys both start your day with yoga in the morning, or how do you guys, like, what's your ritual? (laughs) Are Are you every day? Are you a couple days a week, or...? Typically, mine is yes. It's it's to start the day. It okay, used to yeah. be at the end of the day. Now it's really more to to start the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I keep hearing. That. I keep hearing yoga and meditation first thing in the morning. Yeah. I, you know, I would say for me that doesn't really work. Okay. I mean, it would be great if I had the luxury of, of that privilege to do so. Mm-hmm. But I get up, and from 6 a.m. until 6, 7, 8 p.m., I'm busy. As a business owner, I'm always engaged in something. And so for me, it's in the in-between spaces. So maybe I don't get 60 minutes to practice each day, but it might be 5 minutes here, 20 minutes there on my lunch break. And then when I go to bed, I make sure that I wind down in some way. Mm. And I teach anywhere from like five to ten classes a week. And so I found that as a teacher, teaching isn't necessarily the same as being the student. I don't get the same benefits, especially as I'm guiding others. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be really intentional to separate my teaching from my own practice. Okay, because you're paying attention to what they're doing and making sure right, you're not right. really focusing on yourself. That's pretty. And cool. when you're doing it, do you usually is it something you recommend to do solo or in groups? Because it seems like if it's a meditative mm-hmm. practice, it would be best to be by yourself. Well, when I teach, I always remind because I have students that are as young as five, and I've had students as old as seventy. And so, no matter what life stage you're at, I think it's important to recognize like there is a connectedness to all of us, like in this room when we're practicing with a group of people we owe it to ourselves and the people that we're practicing with 
to honor our journeys and to respect our own space and their space. But ultimately, whether you're practicing one or a hundred, it's about you and your mat. And for me, that's so important that my students know that that mat is their safe space and I won't enter that space without consent and that no one else will eat either. And so they can attune to themselves. And if they want to look around, they can. But Mm -hmm. if they're really in the practice, it's difficult to... Even know what's going on with everybody else. Right. You're just trying to keep up and go through (laughs) and come back to yourself. That's really cool, yeah. That's that's really cool. We talk about the journey and everything. Do you kind of incorporate that with, like, clean eating and things like that? Because it seems Mm -hmm. like meditation, yoga, clean eating kind of are like a marriage somehow. Yes. (laughs) I'm vegan, so... Okay. (laughs) For me, I understand that a lot of yogis are vegetarian, vegan. For me, my journey into healthy eating or conscious eating had more to do with like social justice and advocacy than it ever did with following the principles of like I'm a yogi and I have to eat this way because that's what yogis do my whole life mantra is doing the least amount of harm and so if I'm doing the least amount of harm in all aspects of my life it has to include what I put into my body for myself the least amount of harm to others beings, people, etc. And so for me, it's all connected. If you're going to show up for yourself to do healing, if you're going to um, show up to be present in your body, then it has to be a holistic approach to life. Got it. Okay. What happens on your mat happens out in the real world. So if you got to show up for that, you got to show up everywhere else. Right. And just being able to, I think, yeah, practice exactly, you know, on the mat and off the mat of what are you, what you put into your body, right, is mm-hmm. also what you're going to put out. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. I, I really got to get into yoga. <laughs> yeah, no, I keep. I mean, I keep hearing more just just because I've heard a lot more about the core. You know, building your core, mm-hmm. and then especially like your back as you get older in age. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying like I'm like <laughs> I got to figure it out. So that's that's pretty cool. I, I got to learn uh, and just do it. What age? I heard you say from five to seventy. What age yeah. do you recommend? Because five year old is pretty impressive to be it in is. class. <laughs> I've got a four year old, and I don't know if my four year old would do well. I mean, what would you recommend for an age to start to be able to keep their... Uh, now? Okay. Like, whatever age you are now. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. There is no perfect age to begin anything. Mm-hmm. And this is something where, regardless of your physical abilities, yoga is for everybody. So, I've had students who um, were amputees, who were in wheelchairs, who had Um, medical conditions and every student can practice yoga it might have to look different but they can practice yoga it doesn't matter your ability your age if you're ready for the practice it's there for you and you think that's a problem people not understanding really what yoga is Mm -hmm. Mm because you see the people doing crazy things and you assume that's what it is and obviously (laughs) not everybody's doing that right Right. and that's just really you know the the poses and the physical aspect it's just one part of it right i mean i look at yoga as it's really it's a part of your lifestyle how you think and how you react or not react and how you apply it to your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, all the poses and stuff, it's all fun and, right. you know, it's all very frivolous. But when you when you really get into your practice, it, you get to it through a mental state. I mean, mm-hmm. it's beyond just mm-hmm. saying, you know, you can put your leg behind your, your head. But when getting into a certain posture, truly through breath work and, like, yeah. you know, not even, you know, you don't even think about it to say, hey, I have to achieve this mm-hmm. and, and do this. And it's just, you know, what, when you have... The surrender, but still be present. You know, that's when you really feel the difference of like what you can do. 
you know, you know, as big as you know how does the corporate world and just life in general is so stressful. You know, you were saying earlier is how you got into it is. So I like what you're saying as far as like the journey is like you are kind of calming yourself and living in the moment a lot of the times. And I'm getting that from mm-hmm. both of you guys is that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest piece of it. So that's that's pretty cool. Did you ever try yoga before? I tried it, but definitely I think expert level yoga, okay. not entry level okay, yoga. Yeah. 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 You guys say when, and I'll teach a class. You know, I, I might be on board for that. Party of two, you know. Natalie knows I've been BSing for a long time. I'm telling her, I'm saying we're going to do something. No, we need to make it happen. We need yeah, to definitely. definitely. Make it happen. So, like you mentioned, the, the yeah. mental aspect of yoga mm-hmm. I think is, mm-hmm. is such an important piece, and especially revolving meditation and. I think if you gear more towards that, you might have more people be willing to yeah. uh, learn it. And it's, it's such a, a great thing to be passionate about, it seems like. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And as a business person and as an executive and just dealing with a lot of stress, you know, in this chapter of my life, what it's really taught me is how to be in sync with everyday life, mm. but in with compassion, mm, you know, okay. just dealing with everyday things with compassion and I think um, my practice has sort of evolved and, and I had a, a phase as well of just not even you know having my practice I lost mm-hmm. it when I first had my son and I had all these excuses of like why you cannot yeah. you know why you cannot do it and but now like as I you know get older like it, it changes and mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing right now is, is truly it is compassion you know when somebody is dealing with something difficult and you know, whether they're business deals that are going bad or, you know, how do you talk to the other person with compassion? That's cool. Why did you guys start Yoga Haven Las Vegas? So my co-founder, Honey, uh, who unfortunately isn't here, I've been friends with her for a long time. And she was actually the person who had introduced yoga to me back mm-hmm. in 2000. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. And uh, so... You know, we've had our own journey in with our practice, mm-hmm. and in 2016, um, she went to India. Finally, got her um, her yoga teacher training, um, her 200 hours in um, in India. And when she came back, you know, I'm probably not the best person to tell this story, but you know, <laughs> in my own words. Um, she came back and she knew she wanted to teach yoga, but not the traditional way of going yeah. to a studio or becoming, you know, a traditional yoga teacher for for a gym or whatnot. She just wanted to to give back and say, how do I share her passion and her how yoga has helped her in her life? She's lived a very colorful life, and you know, the, the impact with what it has done for her is much more dramatic than what it has done for me. You know, mine is a very leveled um, journey. So she came back. She started her new position at Boulder Boats uh, as our PR manager, and she wrote her first grant. And from from that moment, that was where it just kind of sprung. Just like, hey, it's going to be a nonprofit through yoga, and now we yeah. can you know actually teach yoga for free. So we met in July, and you know we talked about it. And I was going through my life changes as well, and this was my way of you know for my story, it's my way of being able to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. That's cool, you know, yeah. and just make a difference that way. Especially because Vegas is such a I don't want to say it's, it's a beautiful city, but obviously yeah. it's a crazy city at the same time. So it's, it's good that you guys are doing that. I know you guys do a lot of different events. I was reading that you guys you guys have taught almost 6,500 students. 
Yeah. That's, that's a lot of people. That's a big number. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge number. Yeah. yeah. In two years? Or yeah, yeah. In almost, yeah, two mm-hmm. and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. And that's, that's and that's actually, you know, not necessarily, you know, all students on the map, but basically sure, yeah, who yeah. we've been able to expose yoga to, mm-hmm. you know, through the Title I schools that we teach at, you know, mm-hmm. from elementary, middle school, and high school. You know, Kaylee teaches a lot of our, of our classes. How do you guys choose, like, where you want to do the event at? Um... So we split it up into two. So first, uh, the classes that we've done, mm-hmm. right, that, you know, the 800 classes, those are all of our actual yoga classes from the program. Oh, got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So where the proceeds of, from our fundraising go to, you know, to have the right teachers, sure. um, you know, who can commit and, and have the, the background, like what Kaylee has to teach mm-hmm. the population. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know, where all the proceeds go to from our fundraising. Sure. Um, with the fundraising events, I mean, we literally just connect to the different local businesses, you know, in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it's amazing how I think, uh, you know, Yoga Haven was born to bring out yoga and make it accessible mm-hmm. for everyone who don't have it, you know, accessible to them. However, I think... In a weird way, we were also able to give an outlet to the people who are in the yoga community yes. mm-hmm. to let them give back. That's you know, cool. the yoga yeah. teachers who, who teach here, they're more than happy to, you know, teach a fundraising class, sure. you know, the studios, the businesses, and they, they want to be involved, and that's their way to be able to participate. So we've Especially because they're giving an impact, and I know you guys have said right. that, is you're actually impacting the city and you're actually doing something with it, which is pretty cool yeah and do you have like a standalone brick and mortar location or is it strictly pop-ups uh so for no we don't have a brick and mortar location so for the yoga programs we go to the location of the organizations okay. mm-hmm. and teach the yoga there and that's how we've been able to jump start it literally from zero yeah. you know to 14 programs is just being resourceful mm-hmm. and say hey you know that's the beauty of yoga you don't need much you know you need a flat surface and, and a mat or maybe it's even a towel and you can do it mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. Sure. and uh, so that's how we've been able to do the programs right away and for the events we go to the different locations as well and it helps promote the yeah. different businesses in, in the community when you were growing and initially starting yoga haven and you're coming up with that sort of business model to be able to do pop-up, train at specific locations as opposed to a standalone brick-and-mortar store? Have you seen any, like, obviously the benefits are, you like you mentioned, you get to see a vast array of people, but what are, like, kind of the drawbacks of that as well? So, oh, well, I was going to say, I, I teach about a third of our programs, and so that puts me in a bunch of different spaces, and I think probably the only thing that has a drawback with going to other spaces is the spaces that are available in communities or organizations that lack resources. So we provide yoga mats um, to almost all of our programs. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing is a cost to them, whether that's yoga teacher coming. We have bolsters and blocks and mats. But I've worked in spaces where it's like, okay, this door is locked today, so we're going to be outside, or only six people can fit. How close can we get? Sure. And just having to be... um, uh, open to 
things that might change or to the resources that might be available, yeah. And are you mainly focusing to like a a recurring group of people? Are you noticing a lot of... Well, it depends, right? Like when I teach in a school, some of the schools are like, here's 20 kids, you're going to have them for a semester, you'll see them every week. Got it. So in those situations, they tend to be... um, populations that will come back repeatedly or even ask to come back in future semesters or years. I also work at different shelters and so you know I work with Safe Nest and they have residents that are there anywhere from a week to yes. two months and yeah. so I might see somebody for a couple classes or I might see somebody one time and to me I just want to give one person one chance to see what the practice has to offer. And it's challenging. You're challenging mm-hmm. yourself, too. That's pretty cool with, with yoga. So, so your main focus is basically you want to get that, the yoga information as many hands as possible and then hopefully turn that into a life-changing experience. Yeah, and I think um, so to kind of go back to what you said of, of the original plan. So our original plan, actually, for Yoga Haven was to have a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. You know, that was oh, okay. yeah. the, the original, um, you know, business plan we had was, you know, have a space that's going to be, you know, a safe place for people to practice, get the students transported to our location, and, you know, that same space we can also uh, do the yoga classes for fundraising and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as we started, you know, Mm-hmm. And you guys know, being being yeah, in business, true. Um, it just had to evolve, and so we're like, it changes. You re, you, we can either wait like <laughs> three years, every day. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like we can either yeah. wait three years to yeah. have yeah. A, a building donated and have enough funds to do this, or why don't we just start it now? Right. Let's just let's make it work. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's how we grow is literally just you know being Throw able to yeah and, yeah and and making it work. So. Well, and I think part of that is when I first came on, it was like six months in. You guys were going, and since then, so many people have reached out and said, "Hey, can you come to us? We have um, students that are really interested." And I think the whole reason I was drawn to Yoga Haven was I wanted to bring yoga to people that wouldn't have access or who weren't aware that this resource existed to them. And so I think with brick and mortars, it really limits who we can serve. And so it just evolved that this was the way that this was going to be because this is how we can touch the most amount of um, people. And it probably changes up the energy, not to even cut you off, but it changes up the energy going to different locations. Right. That's probably pretty cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all of the yoga programs are offered specifically to nonprofits. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You guys got a really cool logo. It was truly a brainstorming event between me and Honey and okay. you know looking at, you know, how do we bring in um, and our logo has actually evolved a little bit. You know, this okay. this used to be a a person here in the middle and now it, it formed into a heart. Got it. And just yeah, I saw the hands. And, and I had to have a person yeah. in our heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Another and it kind of just became, yeah, we're just like, that, that's it. That's that's what it's going to be. You know, it's having yeah. yoga haven, you know, a safe place, mm-hmm. right? Um, and truly, where does that safe place live? It's within you. That's yes. cool. Oh, air snaps to there that. You yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, you'll start spitting. You'll start yeah, having right, freestyle. Right. That's good. That's good. That's yeah. really good. And it's not like you guys, you know, have a lot going on, and it's you know really impacting you know our city of Las Vegas. Mm. But what is the accomplishment you're most proud of or excited about? Um, I am most excited that when I started practicing five years ago, and I would walk into a yoga class, and I didn't see. Um, 
people from at least teachers that were from different backgrounds, different places, different bodies, that now I can walk into a space and I can teach a class in English or Spanish. I can offer a different idea of what yoga looks like. I'm quite curvy. Um, that I can represent all the things that I didn't see when I was a student mm -hmm. so that students can see themselves in yoga. To me, that I, I accomplished that mission, and I love that I get to do that every time I walk into a space. And they're like, you do yoga? That's you know, that's, mm -hmm. it's funny you said it, because everybody has their ignorant like prejudices mm -hmm. of what they think. Well, limited. That's funny you say yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's, it's limited based on our world experiences. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's good you said that, yeah. And I would say, um, as an organization, what where I'm most proud of is when we speak to the social workers and mm -hmm. or you know our, our liaisons from the different organizations um, and they just give us these stories you know of um, Nevada Youth Network you know one time we, we spoke to them after our first like eight months of a program he said you know what differences do you have you seen from the kids and I said you know one time we had this mom come to um, our place, which is, so Nevada Youth Network provides a space for kids in a low-income community twice okay. a week so that they can do their homework, sure. they can get snacks, they have a, a safe place for them. Yeah. And this mom started storming and said, what is this nonsense that my, you know, <laughs> kid just came home and he's saying namaste this and namaste that. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of seeing those small differences and this other school, Mountain View Elementary, this other story where there was this this child who did not want to participate at all, you know, and he just sat there. He attended every time, but he just sat there and, you know, just observed. And even just being around it, you're already impacting energy, them and you're yeah, just making, yeah. you know, you're just making it known, right? And maybe if it doesn't change their life, it doesn't make a difference at that moment, but maybe when they're 18 and they have to, they have a you know difficult decision that they have to mm -hmm. make or path they have to make, subconsciously it's going to come back. Hopefully they can yeah. remember and say, hey yeah. th there's another option here before you know you can react or you know you become angry or, or anything like that, so. Make you think. Yeah. Yeah, make you think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, most people aren't aware of it, like especially if you're coming right. from different, like you mentioned, areas of town or right. more impoverished areas, I'm sure they're no, I didn't know about it growing up. <laughs> For sure. And I noticed, uh, uh, I hate to keep referring to Russell because we talked a lot about Russell Summers, but I know Russell Summers is doing kind of a lot of uh, oh, yeah. a lot of cities. I think there's uh, big in L.A. and I think yeah. uh, Chicago he's starting to go into now So with all the kids doing mm -hmm. it in school. So that's pretty cool. So uh, just to flip it a little bit, talk about Las Vegas a little while. Yes. So, uh, what do you guys like a lot about Las Vegas? Yeah, so my dad was military, and this is where he ended when he um, got out of the military. So for me, it was a very unique place that I did not appreciate or understand until I left. I went away for grad school and moved to the central coast of California, mm -hmm. where it was really homogenous, very wealthy, and it was the first time people considered me ethnic. <laughs> and... Um, my daughter and I definitely, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. I had to make her hair products because they didn't carry hair products um, within a 30-mile radius. Oh, and damn. so it was, it was a, a San, San Luis Obispo. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, which is a beautiful place. Gotcha. It's gorgeous. Gotcha. And it wasn't until I moved back that I could really appreciate that despite not having a sense of community that I think we're now cultivating, sure. that we have been cultivating over the past like five to ten years, um, 
that there's so much that Vegas has to offer, accessibility, diversity, um, excitement, opportunity, that I didn't realize doesn't exist in other cities or towns. Yeah. Um, there's always something to do here and a way to find yourself in those things. And so now that we are starting to build, especially like down here in the arts district, sure. whatnot, yeah. a sense of identity, I think there's more space for people to show up and to try new things and to explore themselves. And that's really exciting to me that yeah, there's yeah. so many resources here now. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And what, one of the other questions we got for you guys, because we always talk about food. So what's, oh, yeah. what's your, um, <laughs> well, you're vegan, I think. <laughs> oh, goodness. Are you vegan also, or? Um, no, because you remember I'm Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> all the pork and, yeah, and all, all the stuff. Yeah. So what's both of y'all's favorite restaurant here in Las Vegas? Oh, you have to answer We first. have to pick just one. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's difficult. Um, just one, then. Just, give, just give, give a couple. Just a couple quick ones. Here. So okay. I think definitely one of my go-to places right now is Esther's Kitchen. Okay. Oh, where's that which at? Which is... Five minutes from here oh, really? on uh, Maine and California, Maine and just right there. In, um, okay, I don't know. By Charleston, Maine and what kind of what kind of food? Um, Italian food. Yeah. They make their own bread. I mean, it is the best. You know, like those hearty breads where it's like mm -hmm. super yeah, hard on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They make this anchovy butter, which is just <laughs> I delicious. Swear Benny. Another favorite is uh, I do love Mordeo, which Mordeo. is okay. a, a boutique wine bar on Spring Mountain and so they have like tapas it's sort of like Spanish tapas food okay. but it's a little bit of some Asian influence in there mm, too is that is Ch is in Chinatown? Or? yeah yeah okay. sort of like Lindell and Spring Mountain there okay. but just a nice like adult place sure okay yeah I think I actually saw it I saw that on the uh, north side of the street north side of Spring Mountain Yes. Yeah, I see yes. it when you pass by. Yep. Okay, cool. That's on my list also. And then you. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I'm racking my brain for <laughs> yeah. this because I'm like, I. With I the love vegan food, I was curious what you're going to say. I so, love yeah. so many places. Um, Veggie Express has amazing sushi. So, you know, people ask me, oh, do you only hang out with vegans? No, because then I'd have no friends because <laughs> I don't know where they live. Um, but I'll bring a lot of carnivores to places just to verify. Like, I can think it's good, but I need an endorsement from you. Um, so I've taken people to Veggie Express and the sushi. I even had to ask, like, are you sure you're a vegan place? Uh, I think Vegan Bites is great for, of, yeah. for their donuts. They're amazing, and they just opened up a location for food. And they have a tofu BLT sandwich that's pretty good. And the best hot chocolate okay. ever. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I really love sweets, so like I could ramble down the list the of, yeah. of all that. <laughs> have you been to Raku Sweets? No, I don't know. Oh, you're gonna have oh, to right. go there. And they don't. I haven't. I've never been there, so they've always wanted to go. Oh, definitely. And you don't make a reservation is that here right? in town. This place is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's My kids love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a three-course dessert. Meal. Yeah, they have a limited menu. It's changing constantly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, really definitely good. check that yeah. out. Okay. One of our favorite spots. And then what's some of y'all's personal goals and what's the next five years plan for Yoga Haven? Ooh, um, personal goals as like... What, whatever you whatever? want to say. Yeah, okay. Whatever you want to say. So, personal goal for me, and now I'm saying this five years from now because I also said this three years ago, so That's I'm okay. sort of extending it a little bit. That's okay. Um, but one, I'd like to go on a one-year sabbatical with my son mm. and just travel around the world and, you know, just experience different cultures, yeah. kind of just have an open itinerary. And I feel like 
you know, that's one thing that, you know, you just can't teach it in school. You mm-hmm. know, how you, what that human connection is and how you interact with people. Right. And um, travel is a, is a big part of my life. And so that's a personal goal I have. And coupled with that is to just have a minimalist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, really proceed to that and, and just be more mindful in terms of just, you know, what are really the necessities versus right. just the wants and the luxuries in life. And that's cool. Look at it in a different angle. So that's my personal goal. And I'll, I'll let you answer that yeah. and then I'll answer Yoga Haven. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, my personal goal, I think for me in the next three years, because two years ago I said this was <laughs> mine, um, and I said five years. I am really committed to being in Las Vegas, and for me, my whole life revolves around advocacy and how I can empower other people to use the wisdom and the strength that already exists within them, that there's nothing that I can give to them. They already have this. I just want to be a guide in helping them find that. And so creating spaces or a space, connecting with people of like minds, and building something that is long-lasting and meaningful, and that, again, empowers the community to stand and to advocate for themselves. Um, I think I live a lot of minimalism already (laughs) and have traveled quite a bit, so I'm in a space now where this is roots, and I want these roots to run deep, and I want my daughter to be able to say, my mom did that, or my mom started that, um, so that she can feel invested in this community and feel like she's a part of it and do her own part when she's older. So for me, it's about legacy. That's what can awesome. I do for my child and everybody you else's get child? You me pumped up. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yes. step yes. my game up. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Both of you guys, that's great. Yeah, that's so great. Yoga Haven, what's yeah. in store for yeah. us? So I think for Yoga Haven, it's truly, you know, in five years from now, having yoga accessible to all the different organizations out there as a tool for trauma recovery. Yes. And so that it doesn't have to be a question of, like, how can they pay for it? You know, yeah. how do they get it? How can we get enough funding so that we can actually, um, you know, just... It, that money should not have to be the issue yeah, of being the barrier. To it shouldn't be the barrier. barrier. Right. That's a good point. Where can people find you guys at? Because how, how can we donate and you know give out give out some of your social media and websites and all that? Yogahaven.org. Okay. We have um, our, our website is, is pretty expansive mm-hmm. in terms of just you know what are our programs, what are we about, and there are many ways of being able to donate. You know, you can do a one-time donation sure. and you know help a couple classes, or you can actually have a monthly recurring one where you can mm-hmm. you can fund the starter kits that go to the schools. You know, for as low as twenty dollars a month, That's cool. all the way to if you really want to be a temple donor and donate four thousand dollars and fund a full program for a year you know for maybe there are people out there who have uh, specific passions for a certain organization or a certain population sure you know be it from women's support centers from rape victims you know going to youth support title one schools drug recovery Mm -hmm. and many others well, and we also accept donations for mats, bolsters, blocks. Sure. Okay. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's cool. we'll, we'll definitely put that out when we post you guys' interview. And we, we're happy to have you guys in the yeah, city. Definitely. That was very Dude, important. Yeah, very appreciate you guys hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, this and, is uh, fun. Yeah, we support thank you, guys. you so, so much. Yeah, definitely. And then yeah, we'll, when, we, when we put you guys out, it'll be at VegasCircle.com on our website and all the platforms. So. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you.